This episode of the podcast is brought to you by buying plane tickets for your friends so they can enjoy a nice trip, but then filling their luggage with multiple tubes of 12-ounce toothpaste. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Roll the Credits, the podcast, the only podcast that accidentally killed somebody. Got into a car. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Frank. I'm Zach. And today we are discussing, uh, in my opinion, a classic film. I didn't watch this movie. Shut I up. Forget. I imagine, <laughs> imagine I would say that and we just started and fucking, that's it. That's um, the end of the episode. <laughs> in my opinion, a classic film, specifically from like my childhood, I think I mentioned to you like yeah. how this movie kind of... Make, reminds me of my father because my mm-hmm. dad's like you gotta watch Mystic River mm-hmm. and I haven't watched it pretty much since like a young teenage like being a young teenager uh, and I have to say generally I think this movie pretty much holds up there's some stuff yeah. that I think is like a little unnecessary and I think the screenplay is a little long mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but Overall, I think Clint Eastwood did a great job directing. Oh, yeah. I'm learning that like as I go where it's like Clint Eastwood, while being a really good actor, is also a pretty good director. Yeah, it's it's kind of rare that you have a like a, an actor director that actually is like good. Well, not, not <laughs> even good. Like he's actually like kind of prolific. Like mm-hmm. he's made he's actually made some really great and like kind of legendary films. Um, but anyway, yeah, so why don't you uh, give us the breakdown? All right, so Mystic River came out in 2003. It was directed by Clint Eastwood. You have a lot of people. There's in this so movie. many names. Um, somebody who I thought was fantastic, main character Sean Penn, playing Jimmy Markham. You have Tim Robbins, who plays Dave Boyle. Kevin Bacon, who plays Sean Devon. You have Laura Lenny, who plays Annabeth Mackham, who is Jimmy's wife. Lawrence Fishburne with a hell of a fucking name, Sergeant Whitey Powers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Didn't really catch you on the first time, did it? <laughs> when it gets all put together, then it's like, whoa, hold up. Uh, wait a minute. <laughs> That's a weird name. Uh, <laughs> you have Marcia Gay Harden. <laughs> that one really catch His name is literally just White Power. Yeah. Like, that's just the- <laughs> and it's Lawrence Fishburne. Oh, God. Oh, no. Yeah. Conspiracy theory. My dad's like, this is the greatest movie ever. I'm like, wait a minute, Dad. <laughs> Hold up. There's a name problem here. <laughs> um, you have Marcia Gay Harden, who plays Celeste Boyle, Dave's wife. You have Emmy Rosam, who plays Katie, Jimmy's daughter. Uh, Tom Gurry, who plays Brendan. Brendan Harris? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then somebody that wasn't in it for, like, a lot, but, like, somebody I've seen countless times in films, um, and that's John Dom, who plays, or John Doman, who plays the driver, like, in the beginning that takes away yeah. uh, Dan, or Dave. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this is a movie about uh, the lives of three men who were childhood friends, uh, and then something very traumatic happens to one of them. Yep. Uh, and basically... They end up like kind of separating after that, and a tragedy kind of makes them all cross paths again. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like a classic story, I feel like at this point, like it's kind of it was kind of unique for the time. Yeah. Um, but at this point, we've seen like movies like Babel and Crash and other movies like that, where it's like, oh, different characters who don't either who don't know each other, and then and then a story interweaves them into all, like, overlapping. Mm-hmm. A trick-or-treat kind of had, like, that. Yeah. Like, where, where yeah, everything kind of, like, combined into itself. Yeah. 
Um, and but this movie, I think for the, for the time being, I thought was pretty unique. Um, yeah. Like I said, I never like I never watched this film before. I went into it blind. I didn't watch a single trailer for yeah. it. I literally just looked up like who was in it to write down everything that I just did. Yeah. Um, and honestly, I thought the from the first five minutes, I thought the entire story was just going to be about that. Was going to be about like Dave being kidnapped. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, he escaped after four days, and yeah. now it's twenty years later, and it's like, oh, okay, here we are. And he's fucked up in the head a little bit. A little bit. I think that I mean, that would rightfully so. Yeah. Um. I think that there's a really great. I would say that generally speaking, besides the one subplot of Sean's wife did calling not give a him, fuck about that. Completely unnecessary. Did like not I don't understand that. why Brian, whatever the guy who wrote it, is Brian Hell. Helgeland, <laughs> Helga, Helgeland, mm-hmm. um, and it's based off of a novel, but like completely unnecessary and adds zero to the plot. Yeah, like literally adds zero. Like it, what is the point of it? Because at the end, it's like, oh, she finally says something. It's like, what's the like? Why is this such a coincidence? Yeah. All of a sudden that this happened. Yeah, and, but even that, it's like, she, and then she comes up, like she shows back up, and they're just like back together again. But it's like. Okay. Yeah, like, like what <laughs> what was the issue? Yeah. We never found out what the issue was. It's just like they left, she yeah. left. It's just had that, a like, baby. It's the the generic cop thing of like, oh, he works too much. Maybe, yeah. But also, you should probably know that going into marrying a cop. Yeah, that's true. Um it's just it's just like such an unnecessary subplot that mm. I just felt like I honestly feel like the editor should have just been like, hey, maybe we just don't need it. Because that kind of adds like another 10 minutes or so to the movie. Yeah. On top of a two hours and and 20 minutes. Almost two and a half hour movie. It's like, and this movie probably could have used about 20 minutes shaved off of it. Yeah, absolutely. And just kind of shaving off that one subplot would have like kind of made the movie just felt a little bit better paced. Yeah. It's like he's caught. And I also thought it was kind of a weird choice of like. Clint Eastwood choosing to like like you see photos of her, but then when she when she every time she calls, he only shows like her lips. Yeah, so it's like, but we know until, what she looks like. It's not like what's the mystery? There is yeah. no mystery. It's until like the end when you actually see her full face. And yeah, it's like after she says something. Finally, yeah, it's like why? I don't know. That part was weird. Um, Jimmy, Jimmy, like I I have a question about what he does because it Jimmy's, seems like he's a mafioso. Right? But listen, I love Sean Penn in this. Movie. Oh yeah, absolutely. Sean Penn is so. In my opinion, Sean Penn is like the essence of cool. It's in like this movie, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like it, it, just in general, like <laughs> I really like Sean Penn a lot. Young Sean Penn in this film, yeah, handsome. Oh as yeah, fuck. He's, and he pretty much looks exactly the same, and he's so buff yeah. for no reason. He's yeah. just like always just been jacked. Well, he's like Robert De Niro, like in his younger years, just buff. Yeah, like that, like skinny buff. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I there is like one very subtle thing that I want to like just talk about right now that was my absolute favorite part of this film. Um, and that's when Jimmy and his wife Annabeth are being talked to by um, Sean and Sergeant Whitey when they're like in the the police station and they're trying to ask him like, hey, give us like any small detail you might. And there's like this minute of when Sean's talking, and you're just you have the camera focused on Jimmy and he looks like he's like physically in pain. Yeah. And I was waiting for something to be like, oh, he's having like a fucking heart attack or yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that. Like something for the the story to progress. And it doesn't. It's just literally this super realistic, emotional father realizing what happened and just trying to hold in like the pain yeah. of what happened yeah, and it, like, you can see him like kind of like clenching a little bit it's yeah. like something's going on there 
and it's, he, it's like a small character detail. It's, yeah. It's very like specific to that character. And I don't know if that was Clint Eastwood or if that was Sean Penn that was like, I'm going to do this. Yeah. But like, man, it added so much to this tiny fucking scene yeah. that I was like, wow. Yeah. I'm blown away by that. <laughs> but no, he's great in the movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I sort of understand what you mean. Like he, he, they never like fully deep dive into what his background is, mm-hmm. but he surrounds himself with like crazy motherfuckers. Oh like, yeah. The Savage Brothers. <laughs> yeah, the Savage Brothers uh, are, just, savage. are just so down to mm-hmm. like just punch a police officer in the face <laughs> if they have to. Um, and he just surrounds himself with just absolute... Um, just people that are like kind of ride or die, mm-hmm. you know, they're like, I'm like, I'm with you 100%. Yeah. Um, and the, the one thing though, that I, I think I want to praise Clint Eastwood for that. I think Sean Penn really, um, helped a lot was in my opinion, I always find that a lot of characters that, uh, Clint Eastwood kind of directs mm-hmm. or the movies that he makes, he, they tend to be like revenge films. That's yeah. like what he usually makes. Right. That's kind of like his bread and butter. Mm-hmm. And he usually has, his leads as these really, really big, macho, um, just classic kind of manly characters. Mm -hmm. And while Sean seems, or, you know, Sean Penn Jimmy kind of seems like that guy, I like how Sean Penn plays it way, way down. Like, he's really, really subdued. Yeah, like, he's very reserved. Like, he's... He's internally doing everything, yeah. but like externally, he's not showing anything right. to like anybody. Like the small details of him, kind of uh, when when he's finding when he's when he's seeing the the murder scene, kind mm-hmm. of, and and he walks over to the police and he's and he's talking to them or whatever, and then he kind of like has one of the Savage Brothers. He calls him close and he whispers in his ear to go do something for him, and then and you know they kind of I'm like. That, that subtle detail of, like, having this kind of be a revenge story, because it eventually sort of turns into one towards the end. Yeah. Um, but having Sean Penn, like, really, really bring it back and not be that classic fucking dirty, hairy character mm-hmm. of, you know, pistol whipping and, you know, all that. And it's actually just a really subdued character, I think really, really elevates it. Yeah. To it being just another Clint Eastwood movie. Because he's I'm not a huge fan of Clint Eastwood films for the most part. I like mm-hmm. Gran Torino. Mm-hmm. Um and I like uh some of like the old school westerns that he did, like Unforgiven. Um he mostly directed himself. Like it's <laughs> like it's like directed by Clint Eastwood, starring <laughs> Clint Eastwood. Uh but he's just one of those guys. Yeah, yeah. Um uh, but uh, you know, again, kinda like those are all classic macho men mm-hmm. and this movie it's way way dialed back yeah like he is a macho guy but he's not like showing it a lot yeah um i really like kevin bacon too yeah i, I mean honestly again same thing kind of like with a couple episodes back um with james woods like, like you i know who he is i know who he is <laughs> i haven't seen much of kevin bacon like yeah. the most i've seen of kevin bacon is full is... loose <laughs> well yes that and tremors right tremors. mainly yeah, tremors yeah. but yeah, yes yeah. um and i thought he was really good in this like yeah. he really played like this down-to-earth cop that knew the or detective and knew the situation and was really trying to like solve everything not only just because you know there's a murder that happened but also to help out like a a former friend right yeah um and I, I thought the combination of Sean and Whitey 
was a really dynamic duo too, where it's like they really bounced off each other, especially when interrogating Dave on like the walk to his kid's school. Yeah. And like they notice that the hand is all fucked up. Yeah. And they're like, man, this guy seems off. And he's like, no, no, no. Like that it can't be him. Like he's too docile. Like you wouldn't, if you knew what happened to him, you would not be thinking that. Yeah. And then Whitey's like, no, it bullet points yeah, yeah, yeah. the mo right yeah and i mean he, he they're like he fits all the fucking characteristics of what a fucking murderer is mm-hmm. and like their type of uh personality it's like yeah no i mean it seems right and obviously the one thing that i want to praise so much is there's there's so i love a great setup mm-hmm. and payoff yes like when movies do a proper setup and then actually pay and it's like actually like a good payoff mm-hmm. Um, there's nothing better than that. Yeah. And this movie has a few, one of them being the phone call, which is like the first thing that you hear the nine one one call, right? Which is the kids saying, you know, that there's, there's blood on the car, blah, 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 blah. And then, you know, what's her name? Yeah. We got to get out of here. Right. And then we got to get out of here. So that's set up in the very, very beginning Mm -hmm. of the movie and pay and gets paid off right at the end. And Mm -hmm. I mean, it's such a great arc there. Yeah. Um, everything with Dave. Yeah. Everything with Dave. Cause like, immediately from like the scene after of him getting home to Celeste and being like, I I fucked up. Like, you know, like I got cut and weird how, you know, severe pain and and trauma leads to a sex scene. But, um, they kind of cut it off. Do they have sex? Yeah. Literally like as she's washing his wound, she kisses him and then just leans in and is like, Oh, it's, it's kind of air quotes, the idea that they're going to have sex. <laughs> it's weird that that's going to happen. But after that, when you find out about Katie's murder and immediately from there until 20 minutes before the movie's over, you're convinced that Dave did it. So that's what I wanted to ask you. Were you, were you convinced? Oh, yeah. Were you, cause like, so, any, I mean, obviously with watching tons and tons of films like we do, mm-hmm. there's so many movies where it's like, Okay, where's the twist? What's the twist? Yeah. I know there's going to be a twist ending. Exactly. But in this film, I feel like it plays pretty strong where you're like, you know what? Maybe there isn't a twist because mm-hmm. that would have that's kind of a unique angle for, for That's like a, a unique twist. Right. Well, that but also it's a unique angle for like a detective t- uh, film mm-hmm. where it's like we see the man after he kills the victim mm-hmm. and now we have the victim being you know investigated and you have the detectives and now we have them on like a parallel where mm-hmm. it's like we're watching them together opposed to a, a kind of like typical detective film where you're where only watching the detectives right and then you're and then you're uncovering it with them so you have you you have your your um you know your your assailant pretty much <laughs> Like there Mm -hmm. and you're with him and you're watching them slowly unravel everything about him and you watched him, you know, with the blood and whatnot. And I thought that that was an interesting take as well, because that kind of forces you a little bit more to actually lean into maybe that there's not a twist ending here. Yeah. And that's what I like, too, because it's like you really could have went two ways with it. You either could have like from the beginning told us basically that Dave is the killer and then just run with that and keep us guessing and then be like, oh, actually, Dave is the killer. Right, yeah. And it's like, ah, fucking knew it, but you got me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or you could do it where it's like you believe that Dave is the killer all the way up until the end until, like, you find out that he's not. And then you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Um, and that's what you got in this. And I think that that was a really cool way to, again, pay it off where, yeah. you know, I believed the entire film that, like, Dave probably did it. 
just because of how unhinged he is, especially right. when he's fucking talking about vampires. Yeah, the vampires. And it's like, dude, what the weird. fuck is wrong? He's talking with about you? wolves. Yeah, it's <laughs> like I'm a werewolf, and it's like I don't know who you are. <laughs> but I like how his wife is even like confused, yes. you know, because and she's starting to believe, right? And I, and I always find it, you know, strange. In there, listen, let's be honest. Like, mm-hmm. there are certain films with like certain scenes that happen in a movie where a character will just kind of go off on a tangent, and you're just like, what are they talking about? Mm-hmm. And in this movie. You're kind of like, okay, is this supposed to be like a metaphor for something that I that I missed or whatever? And then mm-hmm. the wife is just like, "What the fuck are you talking?" Yeah, and you're about? like, "No, no, never and mind." Like, oh, okay, so we're all we're all on the same page here. Like, we don't know <laughs> what the hell is going insane. on. We're all just insane. But then it, then it ends up it does end up getting paid off when he explains that he actually murdered uh, a child predator. Yeah, and how they are kind of like a werewolf, mm-hmm. a predator, and he killed them. Yeah, and I was like, okay, again, set up. Right, set up with the vampire talk and talking about vampires and werewolves, mm-hmm. paid off when he when he's explaining what happened. Makes sense, right? Yeah. There's again, there's multiple things that are like set up and paid off that I think are really really smart. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's I I'm convinced the whole movie. I'm like, yeah, no, Dave definitely killed him. Yeah, he's acting so weird. Yeah. He keeps switching his story. Right. And that's the thing that got me too is like every time that somebody asks like, oh, what happened to your hand? What happened to your chest? He changes the story. Right. So it starts off with like, oh, I killed like a mugger. And then it becomes, oh, you know, I got my hand stuck in a garbage disposal. Yeah. And then it becomes, oh, I jumped a fence to get the ball for my son. Yeah. And then it becomes, no, I actually killed a child predator. Yeah. And it's like. Like, why wouldn't you just tell the truth to, like, <laughs> any of them? You wouldn't have been caught in the middle of this. Yeah. But also, he's in a mental state that, like, he's just slowly losing it. Yeah. And I don't know if that's because, like, over... Because I would imagine, like, with what happened to Dave, he went through, like, this whole period where it's, like, you know, he is very recluse. He is, like, really traumatized by this. And then he got over it, in a sense, by being married to celeste and then having their son and then everything kind of starts to happen again when in the beginning of the film dave takes his son down the road and sees you know the the pothole where they drop the ball and then the 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 cement tile with all the names and then he remembers what happened and part of me is almost like he blocked it out of his head right and now it's all rushing back to him from going down the street yeah but they also live on these blocks yeah, yeah, so like yeah. you would have you would have remembered at any point in time <laughs> yeah it's just convenient that the story is now right. taking place when the cameras are rolling right exactly you gotta you know su- suspension of disbelief a little bit mm-hmm. um but yeah and then i mean the ending is so i i love the i think that it was done really really well where you have the the character of the of like the boys yeah that you find out they actually killed her which and i did not like you didn't like that i it it created this whole thing of like what the fuck for like they didn't even give you a decent enough answer it's just like i guess because brendan's brother didn't want him to leave with katie because he loved him so much yeah. so he killed her or that they were just being stupid well, the thing kids was, and played they, with they, a gun the thing is they they explained that the intention wasn't to kill her yeah the intention was to like scare her basically mm-hmm. and then it ended up like getting out of hand Mm -hmm. and then it basically was like she's gonna fucking go to the cops and we're gonna go to jail so now we have to kill her that is that is explained yeah so but hockey stick (laughs) stick beating her is a bit much for accident scare well yeah but 
again, I mean, it's what happened. It's what they did. I don't know. I just, like, because then they were running with the whole thing of, like, oh, Ray, like, their dad. And then it could have been, like, this really cool thing where it's, like, no, Ray's actually dead. Jimmy killed him. And now he's just sending, like, the $500 a month. But they didn't outright say it. But I'm pretty sure that's what Jimmy's doing. Yeah. But he hates them. Yeah, yeah, So it's, like... I don't know. There's a couple of loose ends where I was just like, I, I need like more context to this. Yeah. But I don't know. The the ending, I just, I, I, I guess two kids, but like, give me a reason why. Yeah. Um, but I like, again, I like the cutting back and forth between Jimmy and Dave oh, yeah. down by the river and then going back to the kids mm-hmm. and then going back to them. Very and, tense. And you're learning what's going on. And then you're like, oh my God, Dave didn't really do it. And mm-hmm. then he's like, listen, man, I'll let you live if you just fucking admit it. Yeah. And you're like, no, you're not. I know you're I not know. gonna fucking that's do the, it. That's <laughs> the fucking lie, number one lie in the book of mafia members. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You fucking tell them the truth and then they kill you anyways. Yeah. So, uh, and then he, uh, then he dies, he kills them. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, fuck man. The only, so my, the one thing that I was a little confused on and mm-hmm. I was like, is that a loose end? Or maybe I just didn't exactly understand just because they're like communicating with their fucking like faces and eyes. Sean pretty much finds out that, uh, da- uh that, that Jimmy killed Dave mm-hmm. and he just kind of lets him live. Mm-hmm. He just like lets him go. I guess so. And it's just like, or it's it's like he understands kind of I guess why because mm-hmm. he's like this guy killed his daughter and this guy seemed really sketchy from the start and we all were convinced that yeah. Dave killed your daughter so the fact that we're like we were best friends when we were kids and now this guy killed your daughter I'm gonna let it pass that that you killed a guy because you were convinced that he killed your daughter because he says to him you know i wish you you know i wish you found out yeah. whatever you were just like a little late yeah so it's like he recognizes that that he killed him but he just like lets him go and i'm like i don't necessarily know if i like that yeah because even at the parade then like they see each other and he like points, points to, the like, gun at like, him so the i'm gun but then i'm like what does that mean does that mean that i'm, I'm like i'm coming yeah, for you or I, does that mean like because i think like because he he was dealing with one issue. It's not his case. Now he's like, okay, I don't have the evidence to prove this yet. Right. So it's like, okay, right. That's I'm coming back to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for right now, you're okay. Yeah. And then there was a weird heel turn at the end of like his wife. Uh, whose wife? Jimmy's wife. Where like all of a sudden he's like, oh, you had to do what you got to do to like save your family and like get to yeah. bed. And it's yeah, like, yeah. like, we're going to run this town. And it's but like, the thing is, I, I, I like that. I do though. too. But like, where was this the yeah, rest of the movie? Because, but again, but it, it kind of just builds like the mystique of Jimmy mm-hmm. where it's like, does this guy have a lot of power that we just don't know about? Like, is this guy kind of like on the low, like running the fucking town basically which is really cool Mm -hmm. which almost seems where it's like had you had like a prequel movie to this yeah you could have gotten a whole fucking movie out of his backstory yeah because he's a badass oh yeah he looks like a badass you got the the dope tattoo on the on his back Mm -hmm. he's just everything about sean penn's character just works so well Plus, at the end, that turtleneck with the leather the jacket. The leather jacket. Oh. It's so good. Oh, so Italian. <laughs> yeah. So Brooklyn Italian. Yeah. Oh, but, speaking of which, one last tiny thing that I hated. Um, Lawrence Fishburne's Brooklyn accent. It's not great. Do- doesn't need... It's not needed. No. Like, let him be... Let him do his normal accent. Yeah. It was just real... It came off really forced where everybody else you believe has, yeah. like, this Brooklyn accent. Yeah. Uh, whatever. Yeah. Lawrence Fishburne is, you know, great. He, he's Larry Fishburne. Yeah. 
I'm gonna let it. I'm gonna let it pass. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, overall, I I think that this movie kind of still is solidified as a classic for me. Mm-hmm. It, it feels like a time capsule. Mm-hmm. Like all of these incredible actors and all of these really big names that we don't really hear anymore. Like this movie, like who the fuck is looking out for the next Kevin Bacon movie? True. Or like you know, looking out for the next Lawrence Fishburne or the next Sean Penn, mm-hmm. but. At the time when this movie was being made, these yeah. were your fucking superstars. Yeah, exactly. It's gonna it's gonna be interesting, like going back, you know, ten years when, from now. When, and well, seeing... when we're like in our forties or fifties, and we go back to look at like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and we're looking at like Brad Pitt and Leonardo mm-hmm. DiCaprio, it's like these guys at this era in like in this time were like the superstars. Yeah, and. Now they're like, they're not doing it anymore. They're old or whatever, right? So they're just not, they're not, they're not as in their prime. Yeah. But we'll remember those few movies where it was just a collection of like nine people. Right. And I mean, it's, it's great. Like a a few other movies that like kind of stay in that is like the usual suspects, the Mm -hmm. American version where it's got like just again, like classic actors in it. So this movie really feels like a time capsule. Yeah. Um, And I thought it was cool to, to open it and find it. Nice. Um, I give this eight. Sprite cans out of ten. Yeah, I really liked it a lot. Um, How are we looking on that sprite, Jimmy? Fucking or Sean? Yeah, but I really enjoyed it a lot, mm-hmm. um, and I'm glad that it that it held up. Um, cool. So I have a recommendation. <clears throat> so perfect. I have been getting into horology, which the you, study of horror. No, mm. the study of well, not even the study of. It's just the appreciation and the collecting of watches. Oh yeah. Which you... Yeah, I'm, I've become... Over the last, like, year and a half, I've become a watch guy. Yeah. I have about, like, seven or eight. Yeah, yeah. You have more than me. Uh, <laughs> I am I have, like, three. Um, and I don't really like any of them. So <laughs> You're not even wearing one right now. No, no, no. Um, but I have recently... I've been, like, diving deep into it. And I'm, like, learning. I, I've told you this yeah. the other day. I was like, I'm learning a lot about watches. Like the the crystals that they're made out of like the faceplate like what that crystal is made out of and then I'm learning about the different movements and complication and quartz versus mechanical versus automatic and blah 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 um that being said I found a brand of watches that I really really like so I've now kind of figured out the style of watch that I like you kind of like the dressier style watches Mm -hmm. I don't like those too much I'm more into like the everyday field watch like ones that i'm not afraid to beat up yeah like you have one that's like velcro as like the strap right i have like canvas strap velcro and whatnot they're just supposed to they're just like more like rugged i guess Mm -hmm. would be like the term to be used um anyway i found a a micro brand called boulder uh b-o-l-d-r and one thing that I've learned in, in deep diving into watches is some watches go upwards of $80,000 to mm-hmm. $10,000, and I'm just not in that price bracket oh, at all. No. Like, oh, God, I, no. I I've... don't think I would ever like be in that price bracket, um, but uh, Boulder is kind of that nice middle point of it's more than a fashion watch. It's better than like a fucking whatever, like a... Like a statement type watch. Well, just like a like a bolt like a movement. There's like an mm-hmm. there's, there's a brand called Movement MVMT. Like those are like kind of cheap cheaply made, but they they're like oh affordable luxury, and they're mm-hmm. not really they're kind of just they're made you know they're crap. They're not really made <laughs> well at all. Um, but Boulder made in made in the USA, um, and they make field watches. And I'm really into field watches and chronographs uh, from what I've learned. And um, again. Not great, like under five hundred dollars, but more than like Jesus. your, but more than like your hundred and fifty dollars. You know, they kind of range in that like two fifty, three hundred, three hundred and fifty dollars. Um, 
and I purchased one. Nice. And it's great. <laughs> it's like it's the one watch you, you, you love. Well, you feel like the difference. Like you feel the difference between that like fifteen dollar watch that you get off of Wish dot com versus like <laughs> a well made watch. Mm-hmm. And listen, there's nothing wrong with your fifteen dollar watches. Like if that's what you like, um, Most, and, and uh, they're cheap and and they, you know they work, then fine. But if you're like actually a pre like starting to like appreciate and really really understand watches, um, I recommend Boulder. Some other ones, Hamilton is really great. Seiko is really good. Um, and again. Not like crazy expensive, mm-hmm. like a little bit more expensive than again, like your your fashion watches, but nothing crazy. Like everything is like five hundred and below, mm-hmm. which is again, it can be kind of steep for some people. But I recommend uh, I recommend Boulder a lot. I think they they make some really great stuff. Nice, Zach. What are we doing? Well, Frank, as you know, we are the A twenty four boys, and um, being that it is already kind of like an underground company, um. And we love a lot of the films that come out of them. And we're an underground podcast. We are, more or less, yeah. Mostly because we actually film underground, or mm-hmm. record underground. We're actually in the Hobbit holes. We're moles. Oh. Nobody knows, because we don't do video, <laughs> but we're actually mole people. Yes, it's actually pitch black in here. <laughs> <laughs> we can't see daylight. Um, but we are going to be doing, I guess, like some of the underappreciated, um, some kind of like, what's the word? I can't don't think, know. I can't think of words today. Like... Just underrated Un- A24 yes. films. Yeah, underrated A24 films. Okay. So that's what we're doing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can't fucking think today. That's fine. Okay, so underrated. So just movies that like maybe even like the 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 general audience, the indie, the indie yeah. audience, are even like they're not talking yeah, about like these ones. Hereditary, Midsommar, right. Those Green are Knight. Like, like they're, they're those, up that's there. That's the A24 yeah. blockbusters. Like, we, like everybody knows yeah. them because of that. Right. But we're talking about like the tiny guys, yeah, yeah, the yeah, small yeah. guys that nobody really talks about. All right, cool. So look forward to that. Zach, take us out. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Now, Frank, like I said, this part you do alone. <laughs>